a radio show that confesses Christ without confusing the law and the gospel. A radio show that takes scripture seriously without taking ourselves so seriously. You're listening to Table Talk Radio. The reason is because you don't have the sacraments. I mean, once you don't have the sacraments, then basically everybody's a pastor. Because that's what a pastor is, a guy that's there to preach the gospel and minister the sacraments. Once the sacraments cease to mean anything in your theological construct, then ministry becomes something different than the giving out of God's gift of forgiveness. The reason why we go to church is not to hear about how we have to go out and, and be missionalists. The reason we go to church is to get the forgiveness of our sins. That's why Jesus instituted the church. And I think that's the point. See, when a pastor considers this option of, hmm, maybe I'll substitute these parts of the liturgy, the the question before him should not be, will it win more people over? The question before them should be, would this deliver Christ in a better way than it already does? And the parts of the liturgy are direct quotes from Holy Scripture. And I don't think that you can improve upon the delivery of Christ uh, from them. I mean, just imagine the next radical that shall be even more radical. This will be the book that I'm going to write. Even more Uh, radical. What part of cutting off your hand is unclear in the Bible? (laughs) If you still have two hands, you show yourself to be a false disciple of Jesus. <laughs> hey, it's us again. Welcome back to oh. Table Talk Radio. And well, thank uh, you. Pastor Wolfman there, I am impressed, I have to say. Yes? That I have, I can never recall a time in which you did all of the show prep, except oh, for yeah. when you lost a bet. I mean, this is a once-in-a-lifetime uh, day. So tell yeah. us tell us what's going on today. Well, I don't exactly remember. Uh, I do, we're going to talk about worldviews. I know I wanted to talk about that, so that probably really? means we're going to do Facebook theology and bumper sticker. That's true. That's true. And then, and then preaching to Hollywood. I remember because um, you wanted to. Why? Why about preaching to Hollywood? Is oh that... yeah, you wanted to know what song I wanted to do as we were just talking. <laughs> and so okay. we picked a song where the words are completely incoherent. <laughs> yeah, I mean that, and that is so unlike Hollywood too. I mean, yeah. that, usually it's like poetry. Yeah. But uh, not today. We're going to find the rare case where a, a song <laughs> doesn't make a lot of sense. Um, but and f- you and that's right. And you you found something where people are being quizzed about what they mean. Like, <laughs> what the? I got no idea. Yeah. Those well, words don't mean anything. Boy, we have really just hooked our listener. They might even listen could, through the first three a, segments. A, a, if maybe. Could be a praise song. Yeah. Yeah. Well, we need to go to do some buzzwords first. Oh, and, yeah. And um, I have abandoned Theopedia officially because Theopedia has taken away this uh, random article button. And, uh, I mean, so first it was a button right there on the on the home screen, and then the then it disappeared, but you could still use Alt-R. And now feature. even Alt-R doesn't work. They are retrobate. Yeah. They're... <laughs> so I have, I have gone to the website second to Theopedia, and that is tabletalkradio.org. Oh, Clicked oh, on yeah. the buzzwords tab. And my theological buzzword for you, Pastor Wolfmuller, is doulos. Oh, nice. And the, the definition provided by tabletalkradio.org for doulos is Greek word meaning slave or servant, a word Pastor Wolfmuller frequently mistranslates as vicar. <laughs> That's true enough. <laughs> that, I, uh, uh, I was going to say we, that we probably had that last year when we had the vicar. <laughs> huh? 
That's true. Is that true? Yeah, that's true. That's obnoxious. <laughs> I'm gonna go see the vicar tomorrow. How I'm going I, up to Fort Wayne. I was gonna ask you, how's your how's your uh, baby vicar doing? No, I don't have a vicar now. I have a flammy. <laughs> I know. I meant the the one that has graduated. Oh, from from the uh, Hope Lutheran House of Horror. <laughs> Does he look back on that year as like? I didn't believe in purgatory, but now I do. Is that is I that kind of? It's mostly suppressed memories. <laughs> My buzzword for you is third petition. That's a now, that's a long word. <laughs> Buzz phrase. It's not. A, well, I guess it is a phrase. The third petition is the third petition of the Lord's Prayer. We divide the petition, the Lord's Prayer, into seven different petitions. So the Lord's Prayer is the third chief part of the Catechism. It has seven petitions in it. And the third petition is, Thy will be done. This is the last of the uh, three petitions that deal with heavenly things. And it is talk- It is a prayer especially against the alternate wills that oppose the will of God. So that would be the will of the world, the will of the flesh, and the will of the devil. Now here's a little line from Luther. Ready? Mm-hmm. If we would be, this is Luther talking about the third petition in the large catechism. If we would be Christians, therefore, we must surely expect and reckon upon having the devil with all his angels in the world as our enemies who will bring every possible misfortune and grief upon us. For where the word of God is preached, accepted, or believed, and produces fruit, there the holy cross cannot be wanting. And let no one think that he shall have peace. He must risk whatever he has upon earth, possessions, honor, house, and estate, wife and children, body and life. Now this hurts our flesh in the old Adam, for the test is to be steadfast and to suffer with patience in whatever way we are assailed, and to let go whatever is taken from us. Very good. Thanks, Luther. You're welcome. Uh, Did you just say you're welcome for Luther? Well, yeah. In the stead and by the command of Luther, you're welcome. <laughs> you're welcome. Well, he's not here. He stepped out. <laughs> he's hanging out with Lumpy over there in the, <laughs> in the lobby. Oh, my Remember, goodness. we at some point we had the idea of of doing that, of we having guests. We did that, actually? Yeah. So we, we remember that time that we interviewed Luther for the Reformation? And I only the, remember thinking about doing that, but we actually did it. <laughs> yeah. How'd it come off? I, flawless. I, I think we, I think every, everybody thought that Luther is in studio. <laughs> did Luther have a German accent? Or did he sound a lot like me? No, 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 no. It was uh, it was it was in the seminary days when I was you know when when Table Talk Radio was at its prime. <laughs> uh, I think we had a fellow seminarian um, uh, read some Luther quotes as we asked him questions. So nice. Yeah. I wonder if you could do that. You could ask me questions, and I could answer using only Luther quotes. Well, you know, I don't think I could. That would be, be like a Martin Luther soundboard. Yeah, I was thinking the, the next best thing it. to that is playing "Answer the Question" as with our friend John Pless. We gotta do that again. Yeah, we <laughs> we've kind of gone rogue. We haven't had any guests in a long. Isn't time. Isn't he banned from Table Talk Radio? <laughs> That's why I figured why? he hasn't been on for a why long time. Why would he be banned? I don't know. I mean, I just make any like any time I can't make it to something. I, I make it into a protest because you might as well not waste your absence. <laughs> so, so then I figure if we haven't had a guest on in a long time, we just well, yeah, he's boycotting. Prob- he I mean, boycott. he's not banned, but oh, he's oh. boycotting. I see. It's the other way around. <laughs> what do we do to offend him? I wonder. Uh, I don't know. We got to call him up and ask. Okay. Anyway, what are we doing now? Oh, oh, oh. Uh, we got to talk about the world. You know, we're always talking about worldview on here. Which, in wait fact, wait a minute. I, wait a minute. Wait a minute. 
Do you want to read an email before you start getting into worldviews? Okay, yeah. And because we can talk about worldviews in the next segment. All right. Sorry, I didn't mean to to stop the train there or anything. But but that's all right. Do you feel like you just got run over? <laughs> I didn't even think about I emails, like but I'm took, opening up. We got a. I feel like all... I just told. I took candy from a from a little child. Like here, you can have a lollipop. No, you can't anymore. It's like oh, okay. Well, be nicer next time. Now I'm looking at these emails. Are these? Did you look at these emails? Are they good for reading? Um, I would do the s- second one. Might be interesting. Pop topic. Yep. Hey, pastors, it's time for an open-ended pop topic discussion. Topic: demon possession. Ready? Go. <laughs> Always listening, Chris. Uh, demon possession is a thing that we find in the scriptures. Take it, take it away, Pastor Wolf. Wrong. What? Next. You don't. There's a word that the Bible uses. This is important. There's a word that the Bible uses when it talks about someone being troubled by the demons, and it's uh, it's probably best translated demonized, but not demon possessed. Okay, See? make a distinction, and I'll... and that is an important sort of thing because the uh, heaven and earth belong to the Lord. The uh, so if if someone is uh, when we talk about demon possession. I suppose we're talking about someone whose will has been subdued to the will of the demons, uh, and I and I suppose that that's true. They're not self; they're no longer self-possessed, but their their will is possessed by the demons. But but in fact, the Bible doesn't speak like that. It talks about being demonized, so it's an important thing. And I think we we can make three distinctions. I wish I could. I need to remember these between the kind of the level of trouble that someone is having from the demons. Uh, so there's every Christian is troubled by the demons, so that's a true thing. And then you talk about demon oppression, which seems like lifting it up a notch. And then the the third notch would be demon possession, where a person's will is being challenged by the will of the devil. And, and that's mean, where we see things like people in the Bible where they're throwing themselves into the fire. Yeah, you mean here in your use of the will of even like things below. So yeah, I, I, I don't get to walk where I want to walk. Not necessarily in in things above. We gotta. I gotta preach about that. The Gerasene demoniacs uh, here in a couple of days at the Fort Wayne Seminary. And these two guys that are there in Garadines, wherever that is, kind of on the other side of the Sea of Galilee, and they live out in the graveyard. They they are naked, and people and they and they block the road. They're so frightful that people want to go down the road, and they can't because these demoniacs are would go nuts on them. And they and the people came like it seems like with a mob and tried to chain them up, and they broke the chains. So they were demonized in such a way that they had this super strength. That's wild. Now, it it does appear, we, we when we read the Gospels, there's demons everywhere. And we read the Old Testament, and then we read the Acts, and it doesn't seem like this concentration of demons is so thick. So we can say something about that, too, maybe on the other side of the break. Okay, let's take a quick break, and then... Um, when we get back, finish up so a little discussion on demons. Uh, thanks to our email. If you have a question, you can send it to questions at tabletalkradio.org. Or you can always, always give us a call, 1-800-385-SOLA. We'll be right back. Most per- 
persevering listeners in radio. You're listening to Table Talk Radio. Okay, Pastor. Hey, so tell something's me some happening here. <laughs> Cute. All right. What it is? So, ain't exactly clear. You just want to speak lyrics of songs the rest of the show? There's a man with a demon over there. Uh huh. Telling me I've got to beware. So you you have said, and for those for those of you just tuning in, how can people tune in? It's a podcast. We actually on any radio stations? Pirate Who's Christian gonna... Radio. I, oh. You know, the listener of Pirate, Pirate Christian Radio are so offended right now. You owe them an apology. <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm sorry, dear listener. <laughs> you probably already tuned out, though. <laughs> uh, so you said in the first segment that there's no such thing as demon possession. Well, I just said the Bible doesn't use that language. <laughs> okay. But you did make some distinctions. Uh, that yeah, the demon tro- being troubled, being being oppressed, and being demonized. So it seems like there's three. We're all troubled by the demons. Make no mistake. Some are heavily troubled. We call that demon oppression. And then when demons seem to come in and take up their residence in the conscience of a person, to have access uh, to them. Now, I was also meditating on this. It seems like there's certain sins that give the demons access to us. Our friend Dr. Kleinick had a list of seven of them. I should probably pull that list out. That's probably what the break was for. Hmm. But especially, you know, like like uh, six commandment sins, I think this is what Paul is getting at when he says all the other sins you commit are outside the body. This uh, uh, sexual immorality a man commits inside the body, that it's kind of a, one of these access sins. It seems like it gives the devil access to the conscience, and he comes in and does all sorts of you know, he wrecks house. That is interesting. And I remember, speaking of uh, Dr. Klanig, um interview he did on some other Lutheran radio show what? out there. There's others? <clears throat> yeah, it's out there somewhere. Uh, on the topic of pornography. And that was a, a very, very interesting um, um, interview. And, uh, you know, one of the main things that he ties it back to, which is often missed, particularly by our evangelical friends, uh, well, because they don't have it contained in their own theology, but the the extreme necessity for such a person to be found at the altar receiving Christ's body and blood. Right. Uh, so to cut yourself off from the sacrament um, is uh, only to put you further into the into the uh, the realm of the devil. Yeah, the, it, the absolution and the Lord's Supper cl- kind of closes the gap where the to the conscience where the devil would want to sneak in. So. Yeah. Good. What else are we supposed to say about this? This is open-ending pop topic discussion? That's I think that's that's good. Um, All right. Chris will be pleased. Thank you, Chris, for sending us an email. Now, let's talk about worldviews. What do you got cooking on this worldview topic? Well, so there's something about... I, I, am, I thought I was against worldviews in general. Is that true? <laughs> You're against silent letters. Why not be against worldviews? I think I am. <laughs> I mean, there used to be a way that we could talk in the world without using the word worldview. For example, in the Bible, they never have to use it. But uh, but I suppose it's handy for things like understanding bumper stickers, exegeting church signs, and so forth. What I think we mean by worldview is a practical philosophy. In other words, what? how do we answer the big questions? How does it all piece together? Now, here's why I'm generally against worldviews, and it's because... It seems like most of the theologians that talk about worldview uh, assume that people have consistent worldviews. 
they assume that what they think and uh, uh, it actually determines how they act so that a person's actions are consistent with their worldview. And that is n- never true, in fact. I mean, we know all sorts of things and don't act accordingly. Uh, so any, every time a Christian sins, he's acting out of uh, accord with his worldview, which I think means we need to adjust our understanding of worldviews to be more, to be less mental and more uh, uh, kind of grounded in the conscience. That's what I think now. You and the conscience. But never mind. Here is from Wikipedia. Yeah. (laughs) Why do you say say it all weird? (laughs) What, Wikipedia? Because I forgot what it was called for a second in the middle of the word. In the middle of the word. I was getting mixed up in my mind between Wikipedia and Theopedia. You can understand why. Mm Mm-hmm. I cut and paste this little thing from Wikipedia. Some guy named Apostle. Is that how to say his name? He understands worldview as an ontology or description or model of the world, and it should compromise six elements. Basically, a worldview is answering six questions. One, an explanation of the world, cosmology. A futurology, answering the question, where are we headed? Values, answering the ethical question, what should we do? A praxology or methodology, a theology of action, how do we attain our goals? An epistemology, what is true and false? And an etiology, a constructed worldview should contain an account of its own building blocks, its origins and construction. How do, how do, how do we know this, in other words? So these are the questions, apparently, that a worldview is supposed to answer. Where do we come from? Where are we going? What should we do? Uh, What's true? And how do I know? Stuff like that. Okay, so... um, Now, I would like to add a few questions. I I should probably come up with my own list of questions that I would like a worldview to answer. And then you could be featured on Wikipedia. Maybe. I'm going to go edit Wikipedia and say, according to Wolfmuller... A worldview answers the following questions. I, 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 as a aside, I remember one time in college we had I went you know to a Central Christian College, a Methodist school, and we were theology students were required to go to this yearly lecture series called the Wesley Lectures about John Wesley, and they got this uh, uh, expert in John Wesley in, and I it, bet those were perfect. His his uh, whole presentation, he was quoting his own book. <laughs> And that's a sign of a true scholar, someone who can quote themselves. Yeah, that's right. Like I said the other day, that's funny. I'm going to do that now, too. I'm going to only quote myself from conversations that I had with Flammy. I was telling Flammy the other day that I really like quoting myself. <laughs> that's the reason that's funny. <laughs> uh, like I always say, the reason that's funny is because I was explaining it just then. The other day when I was explaining to myself my own joke... We are simultaneously entering two realms of circular humor. <laughs> hey, that's what I was saying This the other is day. the kind of humor you can't get on God Whispers, ladies what, and gentlemen. What did I just tell... I was telling you that just, just recently. Oh, man. What if you're quoting yourself quoting yourself? It's like if if like I I said something on issues etc. and then I was quoting myself like our last episode and then this time I'd say, 
like I said last time, which is what I was saying on issues, etc. Right. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it's going to be insufferable when I have a book to quote. Oh, in fact, Lord have mercy. In fact, speaking of this, I so some of this book, you know, I got to write a book, and I, so uh, instead of actually writing the book, I'm just cutting and pasting stuff I already wrote, and I want to know the answer to the question: How do you actually quote yourself? Like this comes th- this thought comes from something I thought ten years ago. You know, if you're writing a book. Uh, you should have an editor to answer those questions for you. Why don't you just well, send an email to your editor and say, hey, what's the proper way to cite myself? Maybe my maybe he's listening right now, so I don't even need to. <laughs> okay. Now, here's the answers. Here's the questions that I want answers to from your worldview. Got it. Like I was saying. <laughs> <laughs> where did we come from? That's the one that this other apostle has. Okay. Where are we going? That's another one that we have. So this is uh, end of the world, beginning and end. Okay. Okay. Now, uh, this is what I want to know also. What is life? That's okay. boring. Oh. The other one is I want to know what is humanity? Boring. In other words, what, how, uh, of what does humanity consist? Okay. Got it? Mm-hmm. I, and then I want to know, of, um, I, I want to know uh, something about the makeup of reality. So I want to know if things are materialistic or if there's spiritual things, etc., so I want to know about God. Got it? You, you, you know, you're with yeah, me so far? I'm here. I'm with you. You know, what would be fun to play with this, maybe we could do this in a future show, is to play answer the question as, and these would be the questions, um, with uh, the different worldviews. So that um, I would assign you a worldview like uh, in some kind of atheist worldview, the or the um, what are some of those worldviews that we had in our worldview catalog? Um, like I'm uh, a hippie, not like a Linda. That's right. mostly the Things one like I remember. So then you would have to answer one of these questions according to the roll of the dice, according to that worldview. I am planning next week's show as we speak. Are you are you jotting this down? No, uh, I also want to know what is good. <laughs> I want to know what my purpose is, and I want to know about. I want to. I, I want to know about after death. Okay. You want to know a lot of things about me. I so I want to know disturbing. one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight. I want. To, I have eight questions: beginning, end, life, humanity, good, God, purpose, and after death. Those are the questions. Oh, oh, yeah. I want to also know. I want to also know knowledge. I want to have an. How do I know things, etc. Okay. So we have just thirty seconds left in this segment before we go on to our next game. Um, which what? Is, which is called uh, bumper sticker and Facebook theology. Oh yeah, that's so, right. So, so we're going to be so, asking these questions of the bumper stickers and, and Facebook yeah, I want to know what questions they're answering. So I want to take a look at these bumper because you know we use bumper stickers to analyze worldviews. So I want to look at the bumper sticker and I want to say that it's 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 responding to something. To what is it responding? To what question is this bumper sticker answering? That's what I want to know. See. See how that goes? All right, and that's what we'll do right after this next commercial break. Um, if you have been listening to this and you have a comment or a question, we want to hear from you. Give us a, give us a call at 1-800-385-SOLA, 1-800-385-7652, or you can send us an email, questions at tabletalkradio.org. Also on our website is a list of articles, which you can uh, check out that catalog of worldviews. Again, tabletalkradio.org. When we get back from this break, Bumper Sticker Theology. Another one bites the dust. And another one gone. And another one gone. Another one bites the dust. 
have you ever felt like you were all alone in the world? You were probably listening to Table Talk Radio. Successfully got a song stuck in your head, and no, not yeah, Sir thanks. Duke by um, um, Stevie Wonder, but uh, all about that grace we were listening to during the break, and now yes. you're hooked. Which is, I mean, I I can't hardly imagine a better song to be hooked in my head. <laughs> you know, it's all about that grace, about that grace, no Tetzel. <laughs> Nothing okay. like a Calvinist mockery of a completely inappropriate <laughs> hymn. On the radio. Oh, yeah. See, that's what we need. I mean, the the world needs more uh, parodies of the world. Or, sorry, I guess that's a little self refer The world, uh, we need more <laughs> uh, parodies of the world to get people to know about Jesus. That's what I was saying the other day. Yeah, I know. <laughs> still, still, <laughs> still only quoting myself. <laughs> I know. Like I like I like I like to say. I like to say what I like to say. <laughs> okay. That's what I say. We have no bumper stickers uh to to talk about. So What's going on, people? We're going to have to Dear bumper sticker observers, get on the stick. There is a shortage and and you know, I know you guys are driving around. I know you have the uh, 1-800 number for Table Talk Radio saved into your cell phone. In fact, Pastor Wolf even has it memorized, right? 1-800-429-SOLA. <laughs> I'm bringing Solas back. Um, 1-800-385-SOLA is the number. Uh, and, uh, you can give us a call, leave us a message with your bumper stickers. But don't worry, uh, we have Facebook. And what would the how, how could we go on without Facebook? I am just so uh, thankful Facebook yeah. is there to help us out. So we have um, uh, the, uh, lots of stuff on our Facebook page. I mean, this place is hopping. Probably because we never get to it because we always have bumper stickers. Thanks for not sending in the bumper stickers. <laughs> so we're gonna we're gonna look at some memes, or as you like to call them, memes. <laughs> I remember you saying that joke see, before. See, <laughs> that's, that's a joke that I like to say about you. <laughs> a true here's one. It says this in different fonts. A true Christian desires to be free from sin, not to sin freely. Okay, so worldview. Um, where are you from? I think that person would recognize that they're from God, the creation of oh, God. Yeah, you're answering all where these questions. Going? Am I, I supposed forgot to do that? About that. That's what yeah, I thought. I that's so. why we were doing this. So the idea is, what question? What's the chief question that this thing is trying oh, okay, to okay. answer? No, so not not how does it answer every question, but which particular question? Good, because that was going to be boring. I was going to say. Did, well, yeah, I know. Plus, I didn't write down all of my questions. That so. question is, or that Mimi is. Uh, <laughs> that's what I like to call him, too. <laughs> I know, that's what I just said. Uh, is the answer to the question, what is humanity? Uh, wrong. You want to try again? <laughs> <laughs> that's what I like to say. Now, the. Uh, well, yeah, you could be right. Explain yourself a little bit more. Well, because it's uh, it's talking about how the uh, human the individual is a sinner, and so what is yeah. this what is this human ind- individual going to do about one sin? 
Um, well, his desire, at least the Christian's desire, um, is to be uh, free from sin, not to indulge in the sin. Yeah, I think that's true. Now, th- this. So, what about the theology here? We should. That's what we should really talk about. True Christian desires to be free from sin, not to sin freely. I mean, so here's the. I think the big problem with this Mimi is that it is I a first dichotomy. <laughs> I said that earlier. <laughs> yeah. I didn't. Didn't you quote me saying it? Didn't I? <laughs> so it's a false dichotomy. I mean, so free from sin, not to sin freely. Now, of course, the Christian doesn't want to sin freely, and also our desire is to be true, set set free from the um so from sin. But he, here's the where this worldview of this Mimi uh, falls short is it doesn't recognize that the Christian, in fact, has two wills, or as I say in in my book. <laughs> The your sad will thing is, and your won't. The sad thing is that one wasn't even a setup. Uh, <laughs> you were really quoting yourself on that one. <laughs> like I, like I was telling you earlier, what I wrote in my book. <laughs> we have a will and a won't. Uh, so you have the you have your flesh and you have your the spirit, uh, the new man that comes from the Lord. And this, uh, these two things are competing against each other. So, hmm, okay, let's do another one. All right, here's one. Uh, this is a uh, picture of a of Noah's Ark. Okay, and people are swimming in the water outside Noah's Ark, and it says we must question the logic of having an all-knowing, all-powerful God who creates faulty humans, and then blames them for his own mistakes. So theologically, the problem this. Uh Mimi is taking is now we see never going it's called a meme first of all um but the the, the theological Says problem this you. has is that it it, is, it assumes that God created faulty humans yes right so uh was was the problem in the creation uh, sorry let me put it this way was the problem in God who created humans or is the problem with the creation who rebelled against God right so now I want to answer this question because this is an atheist meme uh, that is saying, hey, you know, to believe in God, according to the scriptures, is nutty. So to that, we have to, I think we have to say two things. First of all, you make the point that do you like that sound. Can you hear that? I hear something. Yeah. Someone driving by with a loose belt, like I always say. Uh, the, so that you you got to question the um, legitimacy of uh, the God from the scriptures because um, because God punishes us for things that are not our fault, and you make the point. Look, Adam and Eve sinned freely and brought all this mess on them, but th- there is a point here also where we have to realize that God does command us now fallen sinful human. Beings, God does require of us a righteousness that we cannot attain. And that would be the um, uh, uh, it would be incredibly difficult to get our head around apart from Christ. So that the so that the the trouble that we have with the Lord's righteous demands, in fact, God's wrath over us because of our sinfulness, finds its home according to the Lord's will on Himself in, instead of on us. Mm-hmm. So so this uh, critique that the atheist brings to um, the law can be answered with logic, as you did, but it can also be answered with the gospel, which I think is nice as well. 
Right. Okay. So so the the response to that meme would be uh, the picture of the crucifixion, and and we would wonder uh, why is it uh, fair that we poor sinners would not be where the <laughs> where God has placed Himself. <laughs> yeah. Something like that. Yep. Uh, let's see here. Want some more? Sure. Why not? Uh, I have. Um, we got. Uh, no, that's not a good Mimi. No. Okay, here's one. Uh, here's a picture of a guy holding a sign, and it says this. If you don't teach your child to obey Jesus, the devil will teach them evolution, sexuality, psychology, witchcraft. So this one has the assumption that um, it's the obedience of Jesus that protects us from these things. Did I understand that uh, correctly? Yeah, yeah. If you don't, if you don't teach your child to obey Jesus, the devil will teach them evolution, sexuality, psychology, witchcraft. I think that, by the way, counts. If you're doing a little law and gospel distinction, that would count as law. <laughs> yeah. Um, hmm. I. I mean. <laughs> so okay. Well, let's back up and and maybe say what's good of this. I mean, it is true that we want to protect our children from the devil's attacks, and these are certainly examples of the devil's attacks. Um, mm-hmm. So we want our, to, to train our, our youth in the Word of God, absolutely. But uh, what, ha- what that has to do with the uh, obedience of Jesus, um, I, I'm falling short on because uh, we none of us follow Jesus <laughs> or obey Jesus perfectly. Right, um, that's right. And so if, if we're not ob- obeying Jesus, then aren't we all then? Um, subject to the devil's lies. Yeah, I think this. I would like this sign if it was better. If you don't teach your child to obey the commandments, the devil would teach them as evolution, sexuality, psychology, and witchcraft. I don't, I'm not 100 percent sure psychology should be in the same category as witchcraft. Although I guess it depends on who your yeah right psychologicalist is. But psychologicalist. Don't worry. You want another one? Whatever a psychologicalist is. Yeah, give us give us one more here. Okay, this is it says the mark this is a picture of a library and it says the mark of an educated mind to be able to entertain a thought without accepting it. Is that the uh what kind I of mind it, was that? Uh let's see. A it needed mind? a is in there. So let me add the is. Okay. Oh, here I found it. It is the mark of an educated mind to be able to entertain a thought without accepting it, and that is apparently from Aristotle. Hmm, okay. Um, I don't have a problem with uh, entertaining a thought without accepting it. Um, I think that we we do want to uh, analyze. But here's maybe the difference. We would analyze um, various thoughts on the basis of God's Word. So whereas everybody else puts um, the interpretation of the word as um, subjects of our reason or our tradition or whatever else, uh, we will put um, the scriptures as the interpretation of our own experiences and our own reason. <laughs> so if if we say we have a particular experience, but we say, oh, but the scriptures say that that is not uh, right. If I told you, you said, hey, I had a dream last night that, um, uh, I don't know, that uh, the the devil... Um, is really good, you'd say, well, sorry, your experience isn't right because the scriptures don't say that. So, let me take a break. We'll be right back.
personal way in the English language to indicate we are using the singular you. But thank you for listening to Table Talk Radio. aim to please, you know me, Pastor Wolf from the request of the bump music in. Uh, welcome back to Table Spending Talk Radio. Spinning your requests here on Table Talk Radio. Yeah. Now, Pastor Wolf from there, uh, this segment of the program, we are going Whoa, to Whoa, be... that was a stop. I bet you faded it out so the audience didn't hear it stop <laughs> just that abruptly. Never mind what I... Like I always say, never mind that. <laughs> Uh, it's like when you realize what your mid-sentence saying doesn't make sense. Like uh, I always say, that, though. this isn't going to make sense to you. Pre- preaching to Hollywood. Are we gonna? Are we gonna consider your worldview questions as we play preaching to Hollywood? This I'm time? sure. I okay. need to work on my worldview question list. By the way, I'm not happy with it at all. I'm not either. Um, like I said before. <laughs> Uh, is that uh, table talk radio where jokes never get old? All right. Um, the number one song for for the the top seller number one top seller downloaded song on Amazon dot com right now is Uptown Funk. Uptown and, Funk. Yeah, I love me some funk. So you're gonna have to find the lyrics, Pastor, so you can play along. Don't worry, but, I got um, an internet here. Uptown you got the internet funk. now. All right, this is what Uptown Funk sounds like. <laughs> I like it. Now, did you get the radio edit? I hope I'm just looking at the real. What do you think, Pastor Wolf? What is happening in this song? (laughs) (coughs) Girls, hit your hallelujah, because Uptown Funk going to give it to you. I'm too hot. Call the police and a fireman. I mean, I understand that sentiment. (laughs) I'm too hot. Make a dragon want to retire, man. Good thing that man is in there to rhyme. Say my name. You know who I am. Make a dragon want to retire, (laughs) And I'm too hot, and my band about that money. Break it down, girls. Hit your hallelujah. <laughs> I remember one time teaching in catechism class, and I said, "You guys already know three Hebrew words. Uh, you know the word shalom, and you know the word amen. That's Hebrew, and you know the word hallelujah." And um, and one of the girls there said, "Hey, I, I know four. Uh, uh, 
Shalom, amen, alleluia, and hallelujah. <laughs> yeah, smart kid there. Michelle Pfeiffer, that white gold. This one for that hood girls. Them good girls. Straight masterpieces. Stylin' while in the living it up in the city. Got chucks on with St. Laurent. I'm pretty sure that's probably inappropriate. <laughs> Gotta kiss myself. I'm so pretty. Why did you pick this song anyway? What is happening? Now look, I, there's a there's a um, uh, uh, article in Forbes about the genius bait and switch of this album. Really? Enlighten yeah. me. Well, uh, um, how did Bruno sell so many copies? Considering Uptown Special sounds so different from the rest of the competition. By virtue of its lead single, one that isn't necessarily genius in its construction, but genius in its ability to grab attentions, by releasing a song that was sure to inspire both dancing and petty critical swiping, oops, that's us, <laughs> uh, he snared us into a delectable trap. He bait-and-switched us into buying a contemplative, rewarding album that earns every accolade it gets. Oops. So this is the lead to an album. Apparently all the other songs on this are thoughtful. Sure. Consider how the record builds in volume and tempo, gra tempo gradually and over time into a place where uptown funk actually feels earned in context. For someone like me, wh whoever this guy is writing this thing, uh, 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 at least the tune is made palatable by the spritingly introduction of Feel Right, which delivers, oh, I guess it's uh, some of the other songs in the album. Huh. Huh. So in other words... My interpretation of that is it doesn't matter if this song doesn't make any sense because it's just a lead into the ones that do. I guess so. Okay. Call the police and firemen. I'm too hot. Now, here's what I think is interesting to this. Oh, I forgot to read the lyrics at the beginning. They go like this. Do, 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 do. No, no, no. You're getting it all wrong. How's it It's like this. You get it right. Now, uh, here this has some theology because it says, "Girls, hit your hallelujah." What do you think that's doing in there? Uh, uh, you know, like when they're singing the hallelujah co chorus. You know, hallelujah chorus. I think that's right. I think the word hallelujah, which means praise the Lord Yahweh, uh, it was a praise to the Lord and according to His name has been brought into our culture as simply a basically like a, a choir of praise. So so like if you're walking down the street and you're really thirsty and there in front of you is some guy giving away Dr. Peppers, you if you were making a movie of that, you would hear in the background, Hallelujah. You see? Right. So what uh what's this guy's name? Bruno Mars um yeah. is saying is that when the when the girls see him, presumably they're hitting their hallelujahs. They're um, giving him their praise. Yeah. Was this that petty swipes that uh, the article was speaking of? I suppose. Petty swipes. <laughs> but we, we, uh, we are not doing that because we are answering this in light of uh, worldviews. So what worldviews is this song, uh, what worldview question is this song answering? This is the song, and it's answering the question. Bruno Mars is answering the question, how awesome am I? <laughs> it, 
this song is the answer. So that is what there's it, this fantastic what is amount of um, what is humanity, this, especially what is. Uh, do you know this in song that there's this kind of incessant pride of this is my great awesomeness, and right. it makes its way into pop and especially rap music. Uh, it's just a praise of the famous person, and it's part of the whole kind of cult of celebrity because now everybody wants to be the celebrity, you know, have their own podcast. Oh, no, no, no. I, I disagree. I, I think that uh, rap music and pop music is marked by its uh, self-deprecating um, lyrics. <laughs> like this part of humility. Say my name. You know who I am. I'm too hot. <laughs> And my band about the money. <laughs> well, that sells, hallelujah. though, right? That's going to sell the albums. That's going to sell the songs because um, people, I mean, that that just feeds on people's egos. Mm-hmm. Yep, that's right. And every, and so you have this great kind of cult of personality, which is destructive. And I will put forth my first piece of evidence for the destructiveness of the cult of personality, and it is Miley Cyrus. <laughs> <laughs> Oh man! So to, or now any Disney actress. I mean, this is a so is a kind of sad thing to see, because you have all these children that get caught up into this, and it is yeah. so destructive. That's what I was going to ask you. You're, you're the father of a of a teenage daughter. Was uh, was Hannah a, a fan of Hannah Montana? Oh, yeah. yeah, it was right. We were right at the peak time. So Hannah and Hannah Montana were right there together, and we thought, and we what you know, this is cute and funny and. Look, there's a daughter and her father, and they're interacting with each other, and they're wrestling. The whole show was about wrestling with being a real person and also coming to grips with popularity. I mean, that was kind of the drama of the thing. It's great. And we're thinking, oh, please don't go wrong. Oh, please don't go wrong. <laughs> and, <laughs> and did it go wrong? Boy, now, probably worse now than you know you that. So the, the next is, um, oh, uh, oh uh, Duck Dynasty, the, the girl on Duck Dynasty. Uh, who was on Dancing with the Stars? Oh. And now you just gotta say, "Oh, please, don't go wrong." I think but I think it's, it's so destructive. I think it's safe to say, I mean, especially for girls, but really for girls or boys, um, there are no role models in in the world. And and I, and I think that uh, the uh, our society's problems with the breakdown of family is sort of uh, the problem here. So that um, I mean, certainly I, I know that. Uh, uh, Hannah probably wanted to find a TV show to be entertained with. Uh, hopefully she's not looking for a, a TV character to be a role model, um, that you have a mom and a dad that teaches you values. But where there is no family, where there, are, there is no mom or dad or uh, a parental figure teaching the child values, where are they going to get it? Well, from these figures in entertainment. There's no other well, place for them to go to. And this song, Uptown Funk, kind of shows that hey you you guys got to look up to me now you might have the people listening to the song you might have you know parents and stuff like this but the really awesome folk right here singing buddy that's right it here. well you have survived another this episode show's over? i thought we just started table talk radio thanks for listening i was i'm not ready for the end <laughs> be ready always ready thought, for the end I thought I had like 12 more minutes to think of a joke. Thanks for listening to this edition of Table Talk Radio. Table like Talk I always Radio say, it's not for everyone. It goes too fast. Please consult your pastor before listening to Table Talk Radio.
Side effects can include nausea, vomiting, like this guy has said before. Hallucinations, aversion to incomplete sentences with aquatic imagery, psychosis, coma, death, halitosis, lung cancer, he always says internal bleeding, internal combustion, a sudden craving to smell your backseat, claustrophobia, uncontrollable urge to fight the tablet on foot, and falling off your trail. More information, visit tabletalkradio.org.